0: You know, one of the wonderful things about seeking and finding the truth about our one reality is that learning the truth makes it so much easier for us to live our best possible lives. We know now that all that exists is what we experience in a limited way as human consciousness. The base creative consciousness continuously creates everything that we think of as real, and each of our minds is an inextricable part of it, so... Our minds are in their own small way as creative as the consciousness that we have been referring to as God for lo these many thousands of years. And we are to a large extent making our own lives even now, much more than we ever have realized. So it's lucky for us that there are some practitioners who specialize in helping us learn how to use our minds. And really use them for our own vast betterment. Among the best of these is Shanna Lee, who's with us today for the second time. Shanna is an intuitive healer and celebrity manifestation coach. She's the author of what I think is a really terrific book called The Soul Frequency, Your Healthy, Awakened, and Authentic Life. She's also the founder of the thesoulfrequency.com and the Soul Frequency Show podcast. And so therefore, she's really sort of dominating this field right now. She's one of those who are leading the conversation on raising your energy frequency and creating a life founded on truth and alignment. She's a speaker, a businesswoman, and a consultant to people like executives of, you know, Fortune 500 companies. Companies, celebrities, influencers, and even people in the fashion industry who would look at me and frown because I never am fashionable. But that's all right. Shanna Lee was our guest on Seek Reality six months ago. And I told her at the time that I thought her book, The Soul Frequency, was the best book of its kind I had seen. And that is still true. I think it's a great next stage for anyone who has completed the course in personal spiritual growth set out in the fun of growing forever and who wants to continue to grow spiritually from there. This is a great next step. Your mind is vast. Your mind is powerful. Since you are using your mind to co-create the reality that is your life on Earth, isn't it time for you to learn how to use your mind to help to create your best possible life and the best possible shared reality for all of humankind? It's time. So, Shannon, welcome back. We're so glad to have you back with us.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad to be back.
0: So first, just for the benefit of people who may not have heard our first interview six months ago, can you give us a little sort of Cliff Notes history of how you got to this place?
1: Yeah, I was um, I was not doing personal development work at all. Most of my life, I was had some idea of success and was going after that, the American dream. And I was actually in the real estate sector. I had built... A very big uh, real estate business, both on the sales and on the loan origination side of the industry and I started to get to that point in life where you 're checking off all the boxes like gosh i 've done this i 've achieved this, yes. and yeah, and all these things and and I was noticing that it wasn 't making me feel any better, so I had already always believed that it would make me somehow feel more fulfilled or feel better. And finally, I got to the point where I checked almost all the kind of major boxes I had had um, and realized, like, maybe this isn't the path, right, to ultimate fulfillment. And it made me start questioning the difference between success and fulfillment and how we view success um, and where do we really derive fulfillment. And it's kind of that that lens that had me start to look at my life, I think, you know, sometimes we're running and running and running through our lives, and we don't really stop to take a pause and look at our lives. And I just started doing that. And it led to me really dismantling this whole entire life I had built, and having definitely a spiritual awakening, um, definitely connecting to my intuitive gift. And then I started discovering that more and more people were going to go through deep transformation and so i really wanted to break down the anatomy of that and what are the what are the details and the bits and pieces we need to know about personal transformation so that we can evolve
0: wow so you basically went through all of this by yourself? Did you consult with others as you were doing it?
1: I did have various, over the course of a couple year period of time, I did have people that, I like to call them people holding my hand through different stages of this. I believe that we all need somebody to kind of hold our hands. When you're gonna really massively shift your reality and really kind of change into a new frequency that you're gonna live at, it's a big deal, right? I mean, we need support and understanding in that journey. And so I did have different people that helped me through different stages of it. Um, I think the reason I wrote the book um, really the intention was, is that looking back on my journey, I really wish that someone would have been able to say, well, here's where you are in the process and here's how this process is kind of going to yes. go, right? Yes. Here's the roadmap of the process. Cause sometimes, you know, you can feel like, where am I going or what's happening here? Um, and so that's why I wrote the book is to give people these stages. There are really four stages of deep personal transformation so that people could identify here's where I'm at and here are the tools that are important. But most importantly, I have something to look forward to and here's where I'm going and here's what's being created. Even if there are other things that are coming apart.
0: We're going to talk today about, you know, maybe a couple of people who have been through this process with you and been, and we can talk about what those four stages are and how, Maybe they, and no names, everyone. we won't identify anyone, but I think it's important to know that others have been where you are now and others have undertaken this course of personal development and been successful at it. But the first thing I want to do is talk a little bit more about this book, The Soul Frequency, because I really think um, the concepts in it I, I haven't seen most of them elsewhere um, so I can imagine you really did invent this because uh, uh, a lot of people who are helping with development really haven't approached it quite this way and I think it's this is a much more wa- modern way to do it it's not from a religious perspective it's not from a new age perspective so much as it's from a almost mechanical perspective because in fact that's what this really is. Your your consciousness, your mind, is in fact developing in a way which is foreseeable and which is, in some deep sense, mechanical. And so that's one reason I think this book is so helpful. But uh, let's first talk a little bit about the. How could how would you summarize what the program is? Do you have you ever thought about that? You mean the book? Yes. Yeah.
1: So the book, the intention of the book, and it's funny, I've had uh, people tell me that I have broken the rules of publishing, um, (laughs) because the book, which is true, um, typically, you know, a book is either a memoir where someone tells their life story, or you will really read like a very small chapter or a beginning section of a book where someone tells a bit of their story, and the rest is, you know, content or research. And my book uh, tells the content through my story. So I'm telling a lot of my personal story of transformation and relating it to the principles. And like you say, the mechanics of transformation and why I did this and why I think it's valuable is that that there is an emotional process going on in transformation. There is a mental process going on and there's definitely a spiritual energetic process you know transformation going on and so my intention was to speak to all of those um to give people the mechanics but also to give them what the emotional journey is and how important our emotions are and also what awakens on a spiritual level for people like or energetic level whatever language is comfortable for people um and all of that's happening happening simultaneously so i thought the best way to kind of share that was to share all of that throughout the entire book because truthfully it's not broken down into okay this month I'm going to feel my emotions and next month I need to work on my mind and you know yes, it's yes, not piecemeal yes. like that it is happening yeah. simultaneously we are all you know it's all one and it's touching every area of our life and so that was the approach to the book um, and it does break the rules but, but I've gotten a lot of compliments on that.
0: No I, I think it, it does it very well. Here's the thing everyone we've talked about consciousness before the only thing that exists is what we experience in a very limited way as human consciousness that is it's an energy it's really an energy like potentiality it's like it's unlike anything else that we have ever studied which is what's why science can't understand it and another reason science can't understand it there is no scientist who seems to be able to even get a clue is that they think it's generated by your brain which is complete nonsense of course it's not it's primary and preexisting, as Max Planck told us more than a century ago. They ignore him for this. But here's, here's the thing. It is all energy. Right, and it is that energy is governed by what we think of as co- as emotion. So that the the, the deep negative emotions of uh, hatred, anger, fear is the core negative emotion. Those are at the lowest vibratory end, and love and and all of the exalted emotions are at the highest vibratory end. This is really simple, basic physics. So what what Shanna has done is to use that fact. And more deeply study what's really going on. I mean, here's a here's a quotation from the book: "The body is not its own entity that is separate unto itself. It is an integral part of a brilliant. I love that brilliant. Yeah, it's a compliment to God, right?" An intricate communication system made up of the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of ourselves. The state of one greatly affects all the others. Everything is energy and it's all interconnected. In this never ending feedback loop, negative thoughts trigger negative emotions, which cause stress, tension, or actual pain. That's a very good summary of what's going on. Well we yeah. add to that.
1: Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think sometimes it's easier. And in, in many ways, we are indoctrinated and society tells us that we're just one person and we don't have control over not only the world, but our own lives. Like life is just happening to us. And we are powerless to the things that happen. I mean, it's very much, you know, the victim mentality of like, I'm out of control and life is just happening. And I think one of the things you realize when you start to study quantum science and you start to understand that everything is energy is that you realize how you're able to shift energy, meaning you by what you think and feel and therefore what yes. you take action on literally changes the reality that you live in. It changes what you draw into your life. It changes what opportunities come into your world. I mean, we are much more powerful than we even remotely realize. and. Yes. When you start to step into that type of power, you start to utilize some of the tools that I talk about in the book and you start to see, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm changing reality. Like I can walk in a room and I can conduct myself in a way that changes people's lives, right? It changes the way they're thinking, or it changes the way that they see me. Then you start to realize, oh, I can do this in other areas too. And this is really what I think, you know, at this time that we're being called to, like with everything that's gone on this year, it has been, you know, we get so busy, we're running around, our lives are so busy that we don't take time to learn anything or look at anything. And we have all been grounded, so to speak, right? Like not been able to leave our homes. Like, Uh, you know what I mean? Many people haven't been able to do their jobs and what an effective tool to have us be able to stop and evaluate right on a very high level. We're being asked to pause And we're being asked to look at the way that we're living life, to look at the way the world is conducting itself and to get get clear, right, and get to the truth on these things. And I think that is the gift of this time. I know there's many hardships of this time, but that is the gift of this time. And truly, that is what begins every personal you know, transformational processes, we have a pain point. We have something going wrong in our life on some level that doesn't feel good, and we're tired of it. And that is the opening and the beginning of where we start asking the bigger questions.
0: Um, you say that both repressed emotions and the critical voice that tries to convince you you are in some way flawed have the power to tie up the flow of energy through your body like a Los Angeles traffic jam on a Friday night. That was pretty vivid.
1: Talk about that. Um, We just, you know, we hold ourselves back. So whether we're looking at an energetic standpoint, meaning we are literally blocking our energetic flow in our body. I mean, most of the ways, like something like acupuncture shows us that when they put small needles in the body, it, it, the chi is able to flow better through the body, right? There are oh, blockages yes. in the body on an energetic level and we can literally dissipate pain by allowing there to be a better flow of energy. So in every area of our life, when we are you know, holding things in, holding ourselves back, when we're not feeling our emotions, not speaking our truth, when we are just out of alignment with our soul self, we are just blocking our energy in every different way. And I always say that, just like an iceberg, like at the at the base of the iceberg, we are having an energetic disruption. And then it will move into kind of an emotional disconnect. So if we are going through things and we're not allowing ourselves to feel our emotions, then we're going to shut down kind of that level of our beingness. And then it's going to go to the mental plane and we're going to have all these thoughts about it. And if those thoughts are of kind of a lower vibrational frequency, meaning like you said, fear, anger, shame, guilt, which, you know, a lot of people feel a lot of those, often, then we are then we are vibrating at this lower frequency. And then at the very top of the iceberg is our physicality. So we tend to not pay attention to anything at the energetic level, at the emotional level, at the mental level. And then all of a sudden we manifest um, a, a pain in our knee or we get a diagnosis of some sort in our body. And we are shocked. We're like, what? How did this happen? Like, why is yes. my heart hurting? Right. And we don't realize that that this energy system, this whole thing, this disturbance in the harmony of our energy has been going on for a very long time. And it has just gone unnoticed because we are not taught to notice it at these other levels of our beingness. So by the time it gets to the physical and we're actually having a physical pain, or we're seeing something different in the mirror, then we start paying attention. And really, again, that's a pain point And it's kind of a wake up call, like, hey, there might be some stuff you want to look at here, if you want to take the journey. And that's when we start to then go downward through the iceberg back to the mental, emotional and energetic planes.
0: Wow, beautifully said. Now, You were probably one of the six or seven most gorgeous women I've ever seen. So clearly you don't have any problems with anything now. But didn't you say that at one time you had a weight problem and this helped you with that?
1: Yes, absolutely. I struggled with my weight most of my life. Um, From the time I was little, my parents were divorced. And I talk about that in the book. And I just really ate my feelings. I didn't know I, you know, if you're an empath or you're sensitive, like, and stuff's going on in your life, many times, again, we're not taught how to feel our emotions and how to clear that energy out of our body. And so there'll be something that you adopt to suppress that, right? Whether it's some sort of addictive behavior, um, it's, it's going to serve as the way to stay blocked emotionally. And so for me, that was food. And I struggled for many years of my life, like through my young, you know, 10 years old, I would say through my young twenties and into even my older twenties, um, until I decided to look at what was beneath that. So I got very curious about what drives me to the behavior? What is driving me to eat food? And I want to get curious about that, that small moment that happens before you go to the cabinet and get the cookies, like, (laughs) what is going on for me here? Right. Right. (laughs) And how do I catch that? Right. Instead of just kind of checking out and getting the cookies. And so that sent me on a journey of really like looking into the emotions of stress, the emotions of past sadness, the patterns that we're involved in that are not um, in harmony with our soul self. You know, many times in life, we are doing and living in ways that is like almost an assault to our soul self. We have decided there are certain ways of being that are acceptable, even though our soul is like, no, not like this. Right. And we just We aren't listening. And so what that's doing on an energetic level is it's creating dissonance and disharmony. Right. And we are you know, we are sound. We are light. We are an energetic system at the very core of who we are. And it's like playing a musical instrument out of tune. It's awful. Right. You just want to plug your ears if you hear that because it's so bad. And yes. this is the way that people are living their life. It's just out of tune. And so we, we adopt all these behaviors because we generally deep down inside feel bad. We're listening to a dissonant sound and it feels awful. And we're trying to plug that basically. So the key is to get to, this is why I talk about, um, and the first step of transformation is truth, which is what is my truth? Like forget about my family, forget about my job, forget about all the other. Noise in my life or people in my life. How do I get quiet and get to what does my soul want to do? And the reason we don't do this is because sometimes the soul is like, we're not going to do any of this anymore. Like none of this feels good. And that triggers our ego to be very afraid, right? Like, am I going to have to change my whole life? And so, so there's a dance that goes on and it's, and it's a process. I mean, it's not something that happens overnight, but I feel like with everything going on in the world, that this is really the prime time um, to start paying attention to this and at least just start taking one step on the journey.
0: So, so, the, so you started there, and then how did? I mean, I have, we have everyone's attention now because, of course, everyone feels they'd like to lose weight, but of course, that's not the point, is it? The point is being healthy, and then and going through the this process of becoming healthy emotionally and psychologically as well as physically. So, how did you get to that point? Just quickly. Yeah. So like
1: anything in life, you want to look at it at every level. So there's the physical meaning like I'm going and actively getting the food and eating it. Right. So we have to look at that. There's certainly the education on knowing, you know, what's healthy, what's not healthy. That's important. Right. But that's not the driving factor of why we eat. If it was as simple as giving someone a meal plan and everybody doing it 100 percent. We wouldn't even be having this conversation, right? right I mean, clearly right, right, that doesn't right. work, right? So, so that's really the curiosity of like, okay, if it's not as simple as let me give you all the foods you should eat and you just happily eat them, then we know that there's an emotional mental component that's driving something, right? And then then we have to be curious about that. And the reason that the reason that this is so important to me is that we've also in a culture and there's nothing wrong with this but we have a culture with and i'll just use an example with um let's say aa right and there's aa is amazing and it saves people's lives but i've known many people that are in the program and every day they want to drink and they don't oh. because they're in the program and so they stay connected to people that help them through that but i would think to myself is that really healing if every day the desire is still there? Like if I want to eat chocolate chip cookies every day, but I'm like gripping onto the wall to not do it, am I in a healed state of being? And for me, the answer was no, there has to be a greater state of healing. And so I became curious with like, how does the desire dissipate, right? How are we able to like get to a point where we don't even care about the cookies anymore? We don't even care about the alcohol anymore. It's not even on our radar. It doesn't even live in our reality. And I got very curious about how to get to that state of being, which I share in the book is where I got, right? So, and so I don't think about food ever like I used to. Like it just doesn't even occur to me other than to to nourish me right and to keep me fueled up and so it's a process again but it it really the the key factor to it is knowing how to get to the emotions and get to the traumas in our life um and trauma i use that term very widely cuz some things that have happened in people's childhoods wouldn't necessarily they wouldn't necessarily put the word trauma on it but even the littlest things can register as traumatic to a child um right. And if we've got that going on in our field, in our energetic field, we've built ideas around it and beliefs around it. And we are living out of those ideas and beliefs. And many times they are not in full truth. And so I help people and I go back and we we go through their life experience and see what's affecting the current choices today and what's driving the desire um, to let's say eat right when we're not hungry. And, and we start to dismantle some of that energy, you know, it's all energy and these connections and these beliefs get created, let's say when we're five and they're still affecting our life today at let's say 45 or 55 or however old somebody is. But, just by virtue of understanding what got created, you can start to dissipate the energy around it, which the energy is the desire, right? It's the desire pushes you forward and the desire is energy. When you start to heal what's behind the desire, it just kind of relaxes, right? And it just falls
0: away. So you've helped helped other people who had problems that um, were tripping them up, were, were making their lives miserable, would maybe caused a divorce, maybe. Maybe, or maybe they made them overeat or whatever. Can you give us an example of how you helped someone in those situations? In any situation um, like that? Yeah, definitely. So
1: I had a client who, um, who had struggled with weight all of their life um it was actually becoming disruptive like in her love relationship because not so much that her partner was upset about the weight as that he just was upset about the roller coaster ride of being on this journey where she would, you know, get very mad at herself and beat herself up. There was a oh, whole, yes. you know, there's a whole yeah. dance to like to this, right? I was like, I would do good for. She would say, I would do good for a while, and then I would fall off, and then I would, you know, berate yes. myself, and and it hurt yes. him. Yeah, it hurt him to watch that, right? He was just like, I can't watch her go through this type of pain anymore. Um, and it turns out, what's interesting about it is that it turns out that there was um there was stuff from her childhood with her father which was being replicated with her husband right she had created a relationship similar to her relationship with her father and so what's interesting this happens a lot but what what was interesting is all the unhealed parts of her relationship with her father were now being projected onto her husband as well. Right. Oh, so, right. So oh, she was oh, like man. living out this, this heart, this heart- hurtful relationship like in her own home now as an adult. And partly she had attracted this man into her life from this place of woundedness. But, but then she's also projecting her father onto this person. And so she wasn't able to really even know who she was married to. Right. She could not oh, see him
0: clearly. Lord, that's terrible.
1: Yeah. And so we were able to, um, help her be able to really see him as someone different than her father. This is all unconscious. She doesn't realize she's doing this. Right. Like no. we don't, we do this stuff. And, and as she start to be able to see him, she would start. To be able to feel loved, right? To see where he was loving her and how he was loving her, and um, and that started to soften some of it. And then, as the desire started to soften, you know, the wounds started to be understood a little more. Um, then we gave her some very practical, you know, training on food. But it was fascinating because one of the things that drives, um, especially, you know, addictions with food is not feeling loved and not feeling accepted by people in our life that are important. So that could be past people in our life or current people in our life. And so as she was able to give and receive love with her husband more readily, the desire to eat, the desire to eat was, was I'm self soothing, right? I'm loving myself through food. Um, and so they were able to enjoy their life a little bit more. And she was able to you know, as slowly as time went on, naturally feel loved and be able to go and receive love from him, Rather than, you know, feeling like she was going to get it from food, which the ironic thing is, you're never really receiving love or acceptance from food. Typically, when people go and overeat, right. they hate food and they hate themselves. Yeah. They're feeling awful. Right.
0: Like, it's right. not like you eat
1: like too much where you're so full and you're sick that you're like, I feel so loved. <laughs> oh,
0: no, it's That's right. Where... You feel even emptier. Exactly. Yeah, true. That's so true. It's, it's misguided. So eventually, did this help to heal the marriage then? The did day. she lose the weight? Did it heal the marriage? What? Yeah. How, how did they, I, and I'm assuming you're not still working with them. How were, were you able to resolve it so they went on happily with their lives?
1: I talked to both, you know, I started talking to both of them too, not just her at some point because he needed to get on board and understand more of her history as well. And so I really gently uh, do that with couples a lot of times because yeah it's interesting if you want to change your life one of the things that stands in the way of that the most is our love our love partner Because they're generally afraid that if you change, that means they have to change. And and what does that look like? And how's the relationship going to change? And, you know, there's just a lot of fear, right? So it's best to get both people on board and in the conversation and realize the benefits of the change rather than the scariness of the change. Um, But once he started seeing like her be able to be more loving to him and once he felt like his love was being received, because it's horrible to feel like, You're giving love, but no one is receiving it. And so that's how he was feeling. So once they were able to start exchanging love, there was just like kind of a peacefulness that started to happen. And one of the main things was I just had to disconnect for her that he was her father right? That yes. it, wasn't a, it wasn't an exact replica of her father, like, sure, they shared a few traits. But but she not she needed to separate that out for herself, like so that she was no longer seeing her dad's face, like in him or her dad's behavior in him. And so that was really a powerful component. Yeah, she lost 40 pounds. Um, They, they started doing like, we we started putting things in place, like like taking um trips together, like small weekend trips together. And we really went through what each of them loved to do and made sure that they were each supporting each other in the things that they love to do and showing up for each other in those ways. Because sometimes like, you know, we we get pulled to food because maybe it's late and we're tired and we're sitting at home where truthfully, like. You know, we really want to go out and go on a bike ride together or take a walk together and be together rather than just sitting on the couch and eating food. And so when you start adding in action, things that we deem as fun or, you know, feels good to us to take a nice walk, then it's just less time, you know, in the early stages where you are bored or you're just tired and you have nothing to do. And so you're used to turning to
0: food. Wow, that you helped them hugely. That's wonderful. Now, here's another kind of of problem, and I hear from people very often. I invite emails, so I hear from people who, and many of them are at a sort of a transitional stage in their lives. They've been living in a certain way, had a certain kind of career. They're often a little bit older, and they feel a tug. Um, you 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 call it a soul calling. Um, and they aren 't sure what they 're being tugged toward they 're not they don 't know how to take the first step out of being as you were a real estate agent or or person and uh, but they may be your lawyer or a doctor or anything they they could be a clerk in a store, but they feel tugged. How do you help people like that?
1: Um, it's mainly looking at like what you don't like in your life at that point. Like sometimes the easiest way to find out what feels good is to feel what is realizing what feels bad, right? right? Like there's usually it's because the way the brain is wired, the brain is wired towards the negative because the brain is trying to keep us safe, right? So it's always looking for what's going to go wrong or how you're going to be unsafe, right? So it's just geared towards the negative. And so we... Again, we manifest the negative a lot of times because we're thinking about it most often, right? Like, I'm worried this is going to happen. I'm worried that's going to happen, right? That's that's (laughs) right. And And so.
0: set of things too it 's usually stuff you 've all you trained yourself to worry about those things when you were maybe 22, and you're maybe twenty two and you 're so worried about them at forty five or fifty five i mean we we tend it seems to me to put ourselves as you pointed out into a onto uh, a kind of track and we don't it 's an unexamined life really we we don 't stop and reconsider any of those things. what you did was very brave when you took your life back down to base in the middle of it so yeah. but it 's How do you get people to feel courageous enough to actually do that? Well, I think some people, you know, I
1: believe that we have like a divine blueprint. So I believe that we come into this human form with with, you know, lessons we've chosen to have in this lifetime and certain major pillars that will happen throughout our lives. And I think that. Most of the people that are attracted to the work I do, it's part of their divine blueprint to wake up at some point and to want to make some changes in their life. And so they feel very called to this and feel like, you know, it's not I think for what I do, it's not something that's readily available to most people out there in the world. And so when they know they're going through a really potent, powerful time and they find me and they or they read the book and they go, I'm going through something like this, then it feels like oh, this is the perfect fit, right? This is this person gets it yes. and to be able to help me through this. Yes. Yes. So I, yes. I don't say that this is the type of thing for everybody. I, I truly believe, you know, we all, when people start to go through a spiritual awakening or transform their life, they tend to want to take everyone along with them on the ride, right? They're the person yes. that's like giving books to everybody, you should change too, you know, Yes, on, yes.
0: on right. the journey.
1: But I really, I always, you know, guide people and say, it's not everybody's journey, right? Not everybody's divine blueprint is to have a massive transformation in this human lifetime. And so it's really important to, yes, introduce information to people and offer information, but to also listen to where someone's at. Because I say to some people, remember you, where you were at 10 years ago, this probably wasn't on your list of things to do. And now it is today. So, so it's just about honoring, you know, what the truth is. But I, I find that Um, that people somewhat know that something needs to change and that over time that feeling builds within them and they do get to the point where they start saying, this is something I've known for a while and now I need to start really making this a reality or taking action on
0: it. So the first step is to really look at what you don't like in your present life and look at what is calling maybe to you that it never occurred to you might be important to you. Yeah. 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 it, it, just, it seems to me it's, that it's it's hard to take the first step, but it's very rewarding also. And and once you take that first step, I think it gets to be easier. It, it's, it's like the, the hardest part of turning a locomotive is when you first start turning it. But when it's going in a new direction, it gets easier. And I think that isn't that true also as people begin to respond to the soul calling and begin to change? It's true and I think it's a time of like um
1: a lot of reading and gathering information so I find that most people start on Google or they start buying books or they start seeing yes. like something is calling to them and they start reading about it and gathering information and and that it's literally like a snowball that just starts building within you um and, and you start getting more and more pieces of the puzzle or pieces of information as you head along I'm I'm not a proponent of needing to speed up the process or go faster than than what it's what is naturally unfolding, because I believe there is a natural process to transformation and it does take time. Right. There's a period of time where I talk about in the book about knowing it versus speaking it. So there's a period of simmering time where you kind of you know what you know and some truth is rising to the surface and, you know, maybe some changes Need to happen, but you're also still feeling unsure of what exactly those changes are and, and how they're going to result, you know, the results of those changes in your life. And so you're just simmering with it. And then you get to a certain point where you're ready to speak this new truth into reality. You're ready to tell people, this is what I'm going to do or this is what I want to do. Right. And, and that's a whole nother stage, right? Where you start really actively making changes. I, I think most people start out kind of you know, in the closet of spirituality, just gathering on the side and, and assimilating and getting comfortable with and things of that nature at the beginning.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's all exactly right. Um and It is something which you can't hurry because you, you, it, unless you follow the steps, I mean, we all know that we have spirit guides and our spirit guides Probably are what have gotten us going in this new direction, and the timing is really theirs. It's not so much ours. So it's very wise of you to tell people not to try to hurry that because the the things the people they will bring into our lives the people we need to meet and the books we need to read. But we just have to be receptive, and that's the main thing I think for anybody who wants to grow spiritually at all is just to be receptive to what you we're being given. No, oh, so also oh, well said. So you have something you call the creation equation. What 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 is could you explain that to us? So it's
1: what we were talking about, about us, our creative potential and not just in art, but our ability to create our own reality and how we don't realize how powerful we are. And the creation equation is thoughts plus feelings inspire action plus action equals our life experience. And really, I use the example of someone starting a business and having the idea like I want to start a business and then they will have many thoughts about that. Like, where do I want it to be? And, you know, what do I want it to look like? And who do I want to hire? All of these thoughts are like branches of a tree. And the more you're thinking and thoughts are branching off in different directions, the more that's starting to become a part of a physical reality rather than just an idea, it's starting to manifest. And when you put feelings behind that, so feelings of excitement about starting the new business, feelings of, gosh, I really feel like this is the right location, it feels good, right? All these feelings with all of those thoughts cause us and inspire us to take an action. So you might go, yes, this is the location, let's sign the lease, the action is signing of the lease. Now you literally have a three-dimensional business. It is a reality. You have a location. And that is going to change our experience of life. Like prior to having the idea to start the business, you didn't have that location. You didn't have the idea for the business. So your life experience was different. And this is how we create everything right this is how apple computers got created right this is how amazon right. got created That's it's right. it's how everything gets created and what the way that we typically use the creation equation when we are not conscious that it exists is we use it in a negative way. So we use the same yes. principles, but we are creating what we don't want. So let's say our thoughts are I'm overweight and I don't feel good and I feel awful in my body. We're creating a whole tree of negative yes. thoughts. Right. Yes, yes, and yes. then we have feelings about those thoughts like oh, I feel awful about myself. I think I'm gross. I think I'm this. And we create all these negative feelings to go with those thoughts. And then we take an inspired action, which is, oh, well, I'll just go have the cheeseburger and the shake anyways, because <laughs> I already, right? yeah, <laughs> I already feel awful. And then we have that experience right now. My belly's full and I feel gross because I ate all of this food. And we continue to replicate that creation cycle. And I think the most important thing for people to know is that, you know, we live on earth. We live in polarity, right? We, we live in a frequency of polarity. But in truth, the creation equation just is. Right. It just is something that creates it is our choice as human beings, whether we want to use that to elevate our life or whether we want to use that to stay stuck in things that don't feel good. And that's where we really have the power of choice in our life on how we want to use it. It's just there to be utilized however you choose to use it.
0: One of the great things about this book is that it's full of these things that you want to quote. And what you just said, a quote from the book is negative thoughts trigger negative feelings that culminate in self-sabotaging behaviors. I mean, that's a negative cycle which, if you don't interrupt it in your life, is going to build the life you don't want. Why would we allow that to happen? Of course we want to build the right life. You said at some point each of us has to decide how we're going to live this life. Will we dedicate this lifetime to appearances, to the collection of expensive stuff? to an ongoing campaign to get people to approve or to admire us? Or will we dedicate this unique experience to fully expressing all that we are inside and all that we have come forth to create? I mean, that ought to be crust and hung on someone's refrigerator. I mean, that's exactly what the decision is that each of us, especially when we're young, is making. How are we going to live our lives? What is going to be important to us? You can't have everything be important, but choosing the things that are wise, that are are import- that are that really resonating with you internally, though that's how you make a successful life. And that's what you're showing people, Shanna. That's what I really love about your book. Thank you. Yes, it's, it's an important
1: message. And it's also important to realize that we get a lot more agreement using the creation equation for the negative aspects. People are used to people feeling stuck, right? It's not going to threaten anybody. If you stay exactly where you've always been, when we start using the creation equation for expansion and growth and positive change, well, it's going to trigger some fear in you, but it's also going to trigger some fear in other people. And it's important to just realize that that's just, that's just programming, right? That's just fear of change, period. And so when we start kicking on the gear to like really move our life into a positive place and use that equation for good just notice it. Right. You don't have to be, you don't have to be affected by it. You just want to notice, Oh, that's interesting. Me moving in a positive direction is triggering this other person, right? They're having feelings about it and they don't know about the equation and they don't know what I'm doing. And so not to let that stop you, but instead to just notice that, yes, the brain is geared towards the negative and most people are more comfortable staying stuck than they are moving forward in their life. And that's okay.
0: I've told this story before, but it fits here now. Um, I, as as most of the people who've been with me for a while know, I've been married since God was a child, or at least very young. <laughs> and and um, 48 years this year. Congrats. And for a lot of that time, my husband was just, you know, he just wasn't that nice sometimes. I was just, but I stuck with it. We promised when we got married we would never get divorced, and I stuck with it, and I stuck with it. And then I decided to start, trying to raise my own spiritual vibration um, using the teachings of Jesus. And the result was my book, The Fun of Growing Forever, because it turns out the teachings of Jesus work it out very well. Now, my husband didn't know what I was doing. He's a Catholic, for heaven's sake. He didn't know anything I was doing. But I noticed that as I began to change, he became so nice. Yes. He was totally a different, I mean, now I just, you couldn't, I would have paid you to take him at some, at one point, but now there's no price I could put on him. He's a wonderful, wonderful person. But you know what? He hasn't changed at all. I'm the one who changed. And to me, that is was a wonderful lesson in the power That we have to transform ourselves and therefore, as you say, everybody around us reacts and they transform too and all for the better. It's so powerful. It's so powerful. It's
1: a perfect example of how when you change your vibration, everyone's vibration has to change, right? Like that vibrational shift because we align with what we're around will change other people too. They will shift as well. And that's when you really also get to stand in your beautiful power.
0: I, it's a, it's a really a wonderful thing. And I think your book fits very well with the fun of growing forever because all that that book concentrates on is the power of being able to raise your consciousness vibration, which is what the teachings of Jesus do. But there is so much more that people can get out of their lives. Um, if they attack it from various different angles, if they look at their own life and what they've built so far. I mean, as you say, if you created this, you can uncreate it. Exactly. You you say, you say if you want to build a better life, you need to dismantle everything that doesn't work and build it back even better, which means with more integrity than it had before. I mean, that's all wisdom. This is this is real wisdom. And I think very empowering. What do you want people most to take away from our conversation, Shanna?
1: Just that it lives within you, that you get to choose your life. I mean, choice is a superpower that human beings have, and we don't usually actively use the power of choice. And so this book gives you back the tools To choose. And it's never too late. It's never too late to show up and be who you came here to be. And it's never too late to awaken inside of yourself the joy and the fulfillment that you deserve. And so hopefully these tools will help on that journey. But the more of us that step forward and the more of us that do this work, the more we see the change in the world.
0: Shenna's um website is still right the soulfrequency.com is yes. that still correct? Yes. And people could reach you through that, right? They can reach yes. you through your website. Do you take clients? So if someone's thinking, oh, I got to talk to this woman, is that something that is is possible for them?
1: Yes, there is a page called sessions where somebody can sign up. We have three different types of sessions.
0: Great, super. Okay. And this will all be um with the explanation um of the of this episode so that you everyone will be able to to uh to contact her and we'll do this again because i so much enjoy talking to you i have to say sometimes it's just important to me to talk to people that i really think are fun so thank you so much for being with with us today thank
1: you for having me
0: Meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so glad you were with us. I just really enjoy Shanna so much. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began and you never will end. And when you get really get what that means, it changes everything in your life for the better. Next week, we're going to be talking with Wendy Coulter, who's a genuine medical intuitive. She's like Chanelie, She's learned how to use the primacy of consciousness to help people in very powerful ways. The more we learn about how consciousness works and the amazing powers of our minds, the more we realize how a well-trained and empowered mind can be of immense benefit in our gaining and maintaining our physical health as well as our mental and psychological health. Wendy is a leading expert at successfully training doctors, nurses, therapists, and energy healers in what's called medical intuition. And a growing number of healthcare professionals now use medical intuition in their practices. She herself has had, had a thriving private practice in Los Angeles for more than a decade. And she's a contributing instructor for the prestigious Academy of Integrative Health and Medicine Fellowship. So please join us next week, and let's learn together what medical intuition is all about. Of course, this week, our guest has been Shanna Lee, who's been here for the second time. Shanna is also an intuitive healer, and she's a celebrity manifestation coach. She's the author of what I think is just a wonderful book. It's called The Soul Frequency, Your Health, Awakened, Healthy, Awakened, and Authentic Life. And she's the founder of thesoulfrequency.com, that's her website, and she does a terrific podcast called The Soul Frequency Show. Shanna is one of those who are leading the conversation that's only now developing about the primacy of what we experience as human consciousness and how we can use our growing mastery of the base creative consciousness that manifests this universe to raise our personal energy frequency and create a life that's founded on truth and alignment. My dear friend, as you truly empower yourself, there's going to be no limit to what you can do. As you know, we have nonfiction books for sale, Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Together, Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and soon, and I promise it will be soon, The Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. Early next year, my hope is we'll finally do the fun of growing with Jesus, which is a children's book. The illustrations are two years old. I just have to. I have to write the book. You can order all these books through bookstores or on Amazon, and the adult books are all available, of course, as audio books. If you want to talk about anything at all, or you want to talk you know, about what we talked about today, you can always contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I do answer every email. Just please be sure to, to that I have your correct email address. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available just about everywhere. Our two homes are WebTalk talk. Radio dot net that's our private really primary home. But also we do a lot with Dream Vision Seven in the and their radio family. Um I, I love all these people. I have to tell you one of the best things about the work I do is the wonderful people, the professionals that I've come to work with. I feel as if we are truly a family which is devoted and selfless to helping all of humankind. Meanwhile. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy, please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all, in the universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com.